music going on. What do you call it music without the restaurants or the elevators? That music is destructive. That music. If we had good music playing for people in a happy society on the streets, you know? I feel like uh, my music, uh, I have a new record coming out. Or I feel like, well, maybe this time they'll hear it. Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Gray Matters is the weekly news and media talk show, and my name is Dick Whaley. I am Jim Dwyer. And uh, what a treat. We've got our long-standing engineer working the board tonight. Yeah, it's been a little while. It's always great to see the Reverend. He does a lot of great work down here at WCBN. Well, anyway, a kind of a bizarre week of <laughs> fits and starts. Yeah, that's a good phrase for it. Late breaking news is, of course, today the Supreme Court upheld part of Donald Trump's travel ban. Uh, this is not a victory for Donald Trump. Of course, he's going to have a victory party uh, with uh, Bannon, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, and probably some uh, gloating-type announcements. That's probably already happened within the last hour or so. A Rose Garden appearance with the president of India. Yeah. And, of course, India is uh, one of the countries not on the list. But it's interesting, just uh, to refute Trump here, this is from a uh, Harper's Index uh, February of uh, 2016, number of refugees arrested in the United States on terrorism-related charges since 2001, 10, number of natural-born U.S. citizens, 320. So do not believe any hype that this is going to somehow save America, as Trump will undoubtedly assert over the next day or two. He likes to declare victory uh, when there is no victory, and unfortunately he sees politics as a superficial game and uh, that is not what politics is speaking of politics just really quickly on the georgia 6th <laughs> it was a special election they held in georgia interesting this was tom price's seat uh he's the new uh czar <laughs> of health and human services so he had a big role in uh crafting the <clears throat> Ongoing debate about the health care bill. Newt Gingrich held this seat for a number of years. And the Democrats have not held this seat in 40 years. Right. And the other fact is Tom Price won this seat uh, in November with a 23-point margin. So the Democrats were fools for believing they could win this seat. And, of course, the money that poured in from outside interest groups and this sort of referendum about Trump really was nonsense. Uh, congressional special elections are not referendum on the president. I think there was a lot of desire for some sort of a sign of yeah. victory. But that having been said, I think there actually are elements of that yeah. in this election, despite the loss. For example, the GOP candidate really kind of just barely won. It was barely a won. slim 
slender margin. And she for, was a professional politician, by the way. Right. Uh, this Ossoff had some yeah, problems. He's, he did. A, he's a newbie. Uh, he's recently arrived in this district. He's Carpetbagger accusations. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> these are things that carry a lot of resonance in Georgia. So um, there were weaknesses in this candidate, despite you know the appeal to uh, women. Yeah, as as one of the bases they were hoping to. Again, that's still some residual disappointment from the women who turned out to vote but voted for Trump. But uh, it's also kind of psychologically advantageous to not win this for the Democrats because had they won this seat, first of all, that seat is up for re-election again in another right. year and a half. So it's the whole damn thing all over again anyway. But... If they had won that seat, then there's the sense that it's working. What we're doing is working, and we're all set. We just have to keep doing this. It's kind of like a playoff psychology. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little too early to, to peak. Um, if you think you want it and you're okay, then your expectations are different, whereas now you're going to have to fight harder, be more focused, organize better. And I think in the long run, that's better. Well, and the accusation of carpetbagger, that is something that resonates, unfortunately, in the South. Very much. That's an old uh, problem from the 19th century involving Reconstruction. And, of course, it works. Uh, the reason, of course, that Trump only won this district by one point back in uh, 2016 is clear. Uh, what was interesting about focusing on this district was... It was only two districts out of the top 15 educated districts in America mm -hmm. that voted for Trump very narrowly. But what it shows, of course, is that in the presidential election, there were many obviously suburban Republican women that simply didn't vote for Trump. They either voted for Hillary Clinton, voted for a third party candidate or left their ballot blank. Tom Price, you know, he's uh been the congressman there for a while, and way too much uh, media focus was placed on this race, way too much money spent, absolutely absurd. You know, the Republican Party spent $20 million of their own money. This mainly came from PACs and the Republican Congressional Committee. To defend something that they were almost certainly going to win anyway. Well, they sh it should have been a cupcake victory. Exactly. Uh, Os Osif... <clears throat> Uh, while uh, having some attractive uh, qualities, was simply not the right candidate in the right race. And, of course, the Democrats had this problem in Montana. They sort of had a kinky Friedman <laughs> kind of candidate who eventually, uh, he was a musician, seemed actually like a great guy overall. But once it came out that he had played at nudist colonies... <laughs> with his daughter or something that kind of put the kibosh on his kinky friedman style oh. <laughs> campaign well and hadn't it uh, if it hadn't been for the early voting the late uh, development in that race of the uh, i'm going to beat the crap out of a journalist uh by the yeah. guy who actually won that that may have you know been a determining factor too had not so many early ballots already been cast in Right. One. And, of course, in Montana, which is always a very interesting state to pay attention to because it is a red state, but it, it, it has a long Democratic tradition. Uh, this is because of the union movement with the mining companies mm -hmm. dating back to the 19th century. 
um, <clears throat> longtime uh, Democratic majority leader Mike Mansfield from the 1960s was from Montana. <clears throat> and Bill Clinton even carried Montana in one of the presidential elections. So it's an interesting state to pay attention to in the future. And uh, leave it to Donald Trump. We'll give him a brain damage award for <laughs> letting the public know that he did not have any tapes. Uh, he did this on the anniversary of <clears throat> the smoking gun tape, courtesy of Richard Nixon and H.R. Haldeman. <laughs> Incredible. And just one other little quick item. <clears throat> it was announced last week that Ford Motor Company here in Michigan is moving their small uh, car production from Mexico to China. Trump tried to claim this is a big victory uh, <laughs> back in January. Ford corrected him of the record and stated, no, we made this decision about the Mexican plant uh, several months ago. It's based on poor car sales for the Ford Focus. So th this, and, and as well as the announcement of Carrier the uh, air conditioning international conglomerate, they are moving jobs to Mexico. So while Trump can claim some sort of victory uh, with this partial travel ban, uh, allowing the, it to be temporarily um, implemented, uh, the Supreme Court is going to hear the case in October. This Ford and Carrier uh, <clears throat> economic announcements are not victories for Donald Trump. And uh, no, it just means they're going to have to keep printing up a lot of those uh, promises made, promises kept signs to pass out for well wishers at the next uh, Trump rally. Yeah, and of course the 620 jobs just lost. Keep waving the sign. Carrier. And it'll be true. Let's remember this was, by the way, kind of a bribery deal that <laughs> Mike Pence, uh, governor of Indiana at the time, concocted as he was leaving office. So. Uh, well, on the subject of bribery attempts, I'm going to double back real quickly on the no Comey tapes thing, because <laughs> something I wanted to say about that really quickly is that he's used this tactic before sure. as a browbeating, bullying. It's a gangster Don type of uh, approach to pressure somebody. Indeed. It is indeed a veiled threat. A veiled threat. And... Uh, you know, henceforth, we might have, now that we live in the digital age, I think, to use the term tapes is even somewhat misleading. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if an intellectual mastermind like uh, Steve Bannon, who has, of course, no moral compass, uh, would be perfectly content to say, well, of course there are no tapes. Physical magnetic tapes? Ha 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 Who uses that anymore? Right. It's all digital recordings that are on your phones. You put it in your pocket. Sure. It's the easiest thing in the world to have a digital recording. It's not a tape. There are no tapes. So I think this is a we need to be careful about how we talk about tapes in this age. Yeah, it's not like the real to real Nixon <laughs> style. Yeah, where Rosemary Woods can, you know, oh, accidentally, uh, if indeed it was her, uh, erase an 18 minute section of it. The 18 and a half minute uh, gap from the June 20th meeting between Haldeman and and the president that uh, <clears throat> mysteriously was erased. Alexander Haig, by the way, is chief of staff for Nixon, who took over for Haig, eventually pointed out there were between five and seven deliberate <laughs> erasures 
there is some evidence that Nixon was spending quite a bit of his last days <laughs> reviewing the tapes. The tapes, the tapes. And as for the notion that this somehow <clears throat> forced Trump, uh, Comey to tell the truth, I think it's pure nonsense. Uh, oh, I don't think he bowed to the threat no. or the pressure because he deals, he takes notes, meticulous sure. notes. He is interested in the accurate recording of fact. And he knew that uh, that Trump was uh, <clears throat> up to no good, uh, more or less. And he also knew, uh, by the way, that the FBI um, taking notes of conversations, i.e. basically memorandum about a conversation, record, uh, you know, notated recently within hours of a meeting, is actually evidence in, in a court of law that's valid as accepted evidence in the United States jurisprudence system. So Trump and these weird trial balloons that show how um, unstable he really is. Well, n now uh, Just, it's emerging in a you know early morning tweet storm, which is his standard modus operandi, that uh, perhaps a way in which he can sort of roundabout admit that there was indeed Russian tampering in the election is to blame Obama for the failure to do anything about it. Yeah. That's the closest Trump has come to acknowledging, as many even Republicans are sort of urging him to do, to admit that this happened, that it's real, that it's ongoing, that it's a serious and legitimate threat. And, of course, one of the other interesting things last week about the <clears throat> testimony of uh, J, that's spelled J-E-H, <laughs> for your, kind of rhymes with meh. Yeah. <laughs> Only it's Jay. Uh, he was the Homeland Security uh, director who testified about the announcement of the Russian tampering in the election. What was fascinating about that was the, the, the day that they did that, that just got swamped by the Hollywood video. So nobody p really paid attention to it. I actually saw the article in the New York Times, but, uh, <laughs> you know, once again, that, that just... Sex sells in America, and uh, I keep awaiting those lawsuits from Donald Trump. Uh, against the women? Against the women, yeah. Uh, a dozen of them. Uh, well, his lawsuits are racking up. There's some RICO uh, yeah. trials uh, coming up, and uh, even Ivanka is facing a uh, lawsuit over copyright infringement on shoe design. Well, and Jared Kushner, who's been dispa oh, right. yeah, dispatched his to the Middle East as a prince... Charming. Well, he's to he's, solve the Middle East crisis, of course. He's the crown prince of the United States currently at the moment. I mean, that's Trump's big uh, Middle East victory is to getting cozy with the medieval despots who run Saudi Arabia and uh, was the first one to call the new crown prince uh, with a phone call of congratulations. Yeah, and of probably course. an offer to build a golf course there. More quagmires in the Middle East <laughs> involving Trump and his Secretary of State. Who? Who? We have Mr. one? Mr. Tillerson. He, of course, is not quite as uh, <coughs> keen on Trump's uh, sort of blithe pro-Saudi Arabian foreign policy. Of course, the big story of the week is the <coughs> secrecy involving the Senate unveiling the health care plan. Uh, this is a disaster for the Republican Party, in my opinion, uh, because they have not accurately dealt with the real problems here.
Well, uh, not only that, but uh, they've exposed, which their goal was to sort of keep the infighting hidden uh, within the Republican Party. But it's exposed as soon as the plan is revealed. Right. The because, secret plan. <laughs> yeah, the secret plan about which, you know, my question is, who actually wrote this thing? Yeah. I don't think it was Mitch McConnell. Uh, it's probably lobbyists. But uh, there, there are already enough Republicans who've said, I can't vote for this. As is. As is. So, so who knows what's going to happen. But the idea that this is going to be kind of rushed through, I think, is exceedingly troubling. Um, Obamacare, of course, had flaws, but at least the process was relatively open. Uh, they had months of hearings, by the way, uh, regarding um, public input on the influence of the plan, quote-unquote, the Obama plan. And this really is a—doesn't <clears throat> address health care costs. It, of course, restricts um, as, um, uh, access over the long term. Those are some of the key issues that health care really should deal with. But this is really a radical reforming of Medicaid, and I think Medicaid needs reforming, but I'm not too sure that this is the way to do it. Um, once again, this is a kick the can down the road. That What's essentially happening here is they're rescinding a tax increase on the rich that hasn't even been implemented to pay for Obamacare down the road. And when I read that uh, nothing really will go into effect until 2024, I just say, well, this isn't even reform. This is just a fraud. Well, it's not even real because, of course, if it's not to start until that far down the line, it's just as easily undone in and, a different context. Yeah, and, of course, what it really does is it repeals individual mandates and um, company mandates. Uh, which I think needs to be more of a focus about the actual <laughs> Obamacare problem. What's interesting, of course, is over time, Obamacare gets more popular, and the Trump-Paul Ryan uh, plan, Paul Ryan, of course, came out and said that any criticism of the health care uh, proposal that we've uh, enacted is bogus. I said bogus. Talk about bogus. What we need is a real debate about what the problem is. And, of course, the problem is is that the United States ranks 35th in the world in uh, health care cost and quality uh, relative to life expectancy. It ra ra ranks last in the industrialized world. And those are real problems. Um the idea that you're going to shift costs to the states, which is fundamentally what this is all about, to me makes no sense whatsoever. A state like Mississippi, which we know is the poorest per capita state in the union, has declining population. It has declining tax revenue. It um, has an increasing opioid problem. Well, it does, and it has an education problem. <laughs> but... Mississippi is not going to be able to care for its poor people uh, by increasing taxes. What they're going to do and what's been happening in recent years in many of these red states that love Trump's idea about health care is that they simply reduce the income 
qualification to qualify right. for Medicaid. And Medicaid is an exceedingly complicated uh, s- situation. Um, one of the good things about this whole thing is the public is learning more about what Medicaid really is and what it does. Medicaid cost $553 billion in fiscal year 2016. Out of that, $348 billion came from the federal government. The states paid the rest, basically. And it covers elderly people in nursing homes. This is not some imaginary problem that can be simply kicked down the road six years from now. People have real problems with elderly parents who may need nursing care. The baby boom, the front end of the baby boom is just hitting those years. Just hitting those years. This is only going to get more onerous. And we already have a situation where many women uh, in in America are forced to leave jobs um, or professions or whatever you want to call it, to care for elderly parents. This is not an imaginary problem. This is a problem that needs to be solved. When you read that Medicaid covers 49% of all births in America, we're talking about babies here, and we're talking about uh, in some states, particularly in the South where they restrict access to abortion, um, the Medicaid program has exploded for many, many reasons. The Hyde Amendment, of course, has never been examined as how, how much it's contributed to the Medicaid problem here in the United States. 76% of poor children, and I'm quoting here from a superb analysis in Thursday, June 22nd's um, edition of the New York Times by Margot Sanger Katz, kind of detailing what Medicaid really does, the facts, not the claims, not the political arguments, and not the nonsense about um, government-run health care. Medicaid is not government-run health care. It is government-financed health care. Some states accept more Medicaid patients than others. Some states allow more people on Medicaid than others. And I think that our society, instead of having this silly demand that Obamacare be repealed and it's the biggest disaster in the history of human civilization, the kind of nonsensical rhetoric we're getting, is some actual honest discussions about what Medicaid is, what it does, should we have it, how are we going to finance it, and some real honest discussions and, and openness about what this is all about. It's a good opportunity for uh, some of the uh, what I call nominal Christians in Congress to uh, bring their ethics that they talk about uh, right to the nub of the gist here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of a society is it that is willing to – is it okay to make old people pay more than they already pay for right. health care? Uh, Babies and old people is what we're talking about here. Yeah, and shifting costs to poor people and elderly people is not going to solve any of these problems. You know, it's interesting that one of the if states— I were Paul Ryan's pastor, I'd have a word with him. <laughs> well, one of the interesting states where Obamacare has become more popular is Utah. Uh, I noticed that Mike Lee is one of the eight senators mm-hmm. uh, expressing doubts uh, about the plan as written. 
Uh, his objections, of course, come from the far right, generally. But what's interesting about the eight senators is they're sort of a hodgepodge of the uh, of the U.S. Senate. There are some moderates that are concerned about the shifting of costs and the impact on, for instance, rural hospitals, rural communities. Um, hospitals can't just simply bear all the costs, which, of course, is what what this plan kind of does at the end of the day. Um, this, by the way, I think will encourage more people to move to cities. Um, cities tend to have more in healthcare infrastructure. This is another part of the debate that needs to be had uh, in the United States. What is our healthcare infrastructure really like? How does it work? Uh, why are, for instance, we restricting immigrants coming into the United States when many, many of these immigrants actually work as private health care assistance for elderly and disabled people. Uh, these are not attractive jobs. These are not coal mining jobs. These are jobs that are poorly paid, but in our increasingly elderization of our society, perhaps need uh, to be looked at uh, as a more significant part of the infrastructure of our health care system. Yeah, I've always said that there's got to be a way to make jobs that pay people to help take care of the other people in their communities. I mean, that seems like such a basic idea. Um, and you, you know, said what the number was for the uh, cost of Medicaid per year. I mean, what is that relative to military spending? Sure. There are lots of ways that you can reexamine this issue with, as you're saying, an open and honest discussion. That's what we're not getting from the Senate. We're not getting it. And, and of course, it, it's seen as a kind of a part of the Trump undoing of Obama. You know, Trump seems to be so obsessed with undoing Obama's legacy. As I've noted before, he's undoing his own presidency. Uh, Obama's legacy will stand on its own. Uh, I think, for instance, on the Cuba policy, Obama is correct. Reversing the Cuba policy and going back to the failed system uh, that failed during the Cold War uh, and provided uh, Fidel Castro. You know, it's interesting that the Cubans actually have a higher life expectancy than America. Yeah. Uh, Cuba actually uses their health care system for good. Uh, they export um, health care abroad uh, in the form of of doctors, and so does the United States. You know, we have tremendous people in the medical profession who donate time and money uh, helping people in the third world uh, with uh, diseases. And, uh, you know, this, this, this can even go back to what, what we saw with the Ebola uh, uh, crisis. So uh, it, what's disappointing about this is this is, seems to be kind of another feather in Trump's imaginary cap. He loves wearing that ball cap. And, of course, he goes out on a victory tour last week to Iowa, fulminating about himself. Still, always and ever, uh, he's running for re-election, and his record is just packed with accomplishments. Um, they're going to have to change the hats and take the little made-in-China tag on the inside 
and put that the big letters across the front of the ball cap and make the little tag inside say "Make America Great Again." Yeah, well, I wonder if Ivanka makes those ball caps. <laughs> <laughs> probably uh, not surprising. Well, we should probably come up with a since the Republicans, I think, are the ones who coined the term Obamacare, an attempt to you know vilify sure. what they saw as a, a deeply in intrinsically flawed program. Um, there's got to be a, a new name for the new healthcare thing, and I'm thinking something like face punch or baby smack, or you know something that tells the story of because it's not really a healthcare program now or proposal really um it's it's something else altogether I it's cost shifting it and it's kicking the can down the road and i think that the reality of the american health care system the flaws with it and let's remember there are many many great things about it <clears throat> but uh you know we have expensive health care in the united states for instance because we have uh lots of testing <laughs> maybe too much um, <clears throat> we have, uh, healthcare, you know, it's a for-profit system. Right. I was just going to mention the pharmaceutical industry itself is a serious problem. And does this address the insurance issues and the pharmaceuticals? I, I haven't been able to find anything about that. Uh, this just sort of goes back to the, the failed system that, that even Bill Clinton tried to reform back in the 1990s. You know, it was seen in the 1990s uh, the necessity of reforming America's health care system regarding its cost. It, it had something to do with economic competitiveness. There was actually an argument being made that America was having trouble in the global economy because of the uh, disadvantage, for instance, that American manufacturer, uh, American manufacturing, just to take an example, had providing health care uh, system. And if we have a, an economy that's in flux, where there are some serious doubts about, uh, for instance, the retail sector, the future of the entire retail sector, you know, it's troubling that face, uh, Facebook, that uh, Amazon can buy up Whole Foods and, you know, get into that area of more oligopolism. It's, it's, it's frightening stuff. And if we're going to have a, quote, employer-based system that, is based on the fact that there are declining jobs being provided by employers. Even like in cashier and clerk type jobs. Yeah, th th that's another troubling thing. Uh, I'd just like to remind you that you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Thanks to Andrew for engineering. Stay tuned for Yazoo City Calling. Coming up next. This is Yazoo City Calling. Uh, I'm filling in this week. My name is JAV. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. I'm going to kick it off with uh, Georgia White from 1938 doing The Blues Ain't Nothing But. 